0: Well, good morning, Hills Church, and if I'm uh, talking to you at West Fort Worth or South Lake Campus or, of course, our huge online audience, wherever you are, thank you for joining us on this awesome Harvest Weekend. Now, some of you know that uh, uh, several weeks ago, my wife and I were diagnosed with the COVID virus. We were, frankly, caught off guard. We thought we just had some allergies and thought we would just check just to be sure, And we're quite shocked when it came back that we were positive. So we immediately quarantined in our home and stayed there. In fact, if you were with us last week, you'll remember I actually preached from our garage. And I am thrilled to say that revival broke out in our garage and everybody there got saved. And so I want to say to you, thank you so much for the kindness you communicated to Jamie and me these last couple of weeks and uh, we were so thankful that our symptoms were very mild we had some fatigue some muscle soreness but we never had fever we never had shortness of breath and, and we know this is a very serious disease and some people are suffering greatly you know, we're just thankful to god that that wasn't our story And that so many of you covered us in prayer, you brought us food, you sent us cards. Maybe my favorite uh, gift during this season was from uh, two children in our church, Jackson and Madeline Rich. You can see this picture. And they sent me a card saying, Pastor Rick, we're bringing you a tithe of our Halloween candy. (laughs) Now I love that because they're already learning how important it is to be generous. We exist to make and grow followers of Jesus, and you can't grow followers of Jesus if you don't practice generosity, because Jesus said your heart is always going to wind up where you put your money. So on Harvest Weekend every year, we put our money towards sending the gospel to the world. Our offering this weekend is going to support, next year, 28 missionary families around the world and 16 church plants. That is a big goal. It needs a big amount of money, two and a half million dollars to be exact. And that's what we're going to gather this weekend. And just so you will know that we're using this money well, that we're being good stewards and that we're supporting quality people I wanted to bring in one of our church planters that we're supporting. And so, Aaron, would you join me, please? This is Aaron Pennington. He's at Trace Church in Colorado Springs. I mentioned him last week. It is a thriving church. And I wanted you to get an up-close and personal glimpse of what happens when we invest in the kingdom of God. So, Hills Church family, please welcome Aaron Pennington.
1: Well, what an honor to be here with you this morning, and for those watching online or tuning in later, thanks for joining us. And i got to be honest with you up front, I was kind of struggling a little bit on how to address you this morning, because I like when I'm t- preaching to my church, I'm like, hey, Trace Church. And so, I was thinking, every time I address you, do I want to say, hey, The Hills Church? Like, that's a mouthful. And so, where I come from, we like to abbreviate things, but I was thinking, if I abbreviate your name, it's THC. Now, I come from Colorado, and the only thing you can be talking about, yeah, you, yeah, you get where I'm going with that. So, uh, I decided I'm going to refer to you as HC Family. Does that sound good? HC Family, it's so good to be here today. We truly do honor you as a church and honor your lead pastor, Rick. He is personally been a huge blessing in my life and in the life of our church. He actually came up and preached for us one weekend and spent some time with our team, just incredibly generous with his time. And so, so thankful uh, for this church and for your pastor, and it really is an honor to be here. Well, before I jump into my sermon, and speaking of family, I wanted to introduce mine to you really quick. These or my family, uh, this is a highlight of my life in ministry, honestly, this is my family and been married to Emily, a little over seventeen years coming up on eighteen years. And we have four children. We have Lily and then Jonathan and then Avery, and then Madison. Now, when this picture was taken, Madison was three years old she 's now four, but I want to tell you a story about Madison when she was three. One of the things that she would do at night is she would come to her doorframe in her, in her room. She would come to the doorframe and we would have a gate in that doorframe, right? So she couldn't go out and wander the streets at night. And so we had one of those gates there and she'd come to the edge of the gate and she'd hold the side of it. And she would say, mom, mom, or dad, dad, until one of us would show up and take care of whatever it was that she needed. Well, one night she decided to change her tune and she came to the edge of the gate and she said, Somebody, somebody, somebody. And I guess she realized that if she was going to have a better chance of somebody coming to actually help her out, she was going to have to broaden her ask. You know what I've learned a lot about life and ministry? Is that most people aren't looking for a, a superhero, they're just looking for somebody. They're looking for somebody who would be available for them. And God has been teaching me that almost anybody, listen to me, almost anybody can be the somebody that someone else needs. God's been teaching me a lot over the last few years, especially being a church planter. And one of the things that I feel like He's reminded me of often is that, Aaron, I don't need you to be anything incredible, but I do need you to be available. When my Holy Spirit prompts you, when my Holy Spirit gets your attention, when my Holy Spirit shows you somebody, puts someone in front of you, don't look past them, don't look through them, but actually learn to see them and follow through on my promptings, what we like to call immediate obedience. And church, I believe when we actually follow through with that, we will learn this simple point right here, that it's amazing, it's amazing how little effort it will actually take on our part to be such a huge blessing in someone else's life. HC family, one of the main reasons that I'm here with you this morning is to tell you how much of a blessing this church has been for me personally and Trace Church. Four years ago, through your harvest offering, what this weekend represents, many of you guys decided to invest in a guy that you had never met and in a place or a church that you may never go. And like all of you, something that you should know about me is that I have a story, and like some of you, my story, it's messy. By the time I was 19 years old, I had two DUIs, possession of marijuana and drug paraphernalia, concealed deadly weapon, attempt to elude an officer, possession of alcohol as a minor, and trespassing, and some of you are thinking right now, I want my money back. (laughs) But God's in the business of transforming lives, isn't he? And so, yeah. With my second DUI, I landed in jail for a few days. And at 19 years old, I had what we would call a come to Jesus moment. And I'm sitting in jail, and I've never heard the voice of God audibly, but I could feel the voice of God in my life, surfacing thoughts in my mind. And I felt like the main point that my Heavenly Father was trying to get through to me was this. Aaron, if you want to keep ending up in places like this, just keep doing what you're doing. But if you want something different, if you want something better, I'll give it to you. I'll give you a new life. God is in the business of transforming lives. And so that night in my heart and in my mind and in my soul, I pivoted and I began to pursue Jesus tenaciously. The Bible would call this repentance. And one of the things that I, one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about what I do It's because I have seen firsthand what God can do in someone's life when they fully surrender it to Him. Can I get an amen this morning? And listen to me, one of the reasons that I'm here this morning might be for just one person, might be just to remind one person that there's new life available for you today. That if you'll surrender your life over to God, no matter what's in your rearview mirror, no matter how many failures are following you through those doors this morning, or for those watching online, that God can give you new life in Jesus. I want to read to you what the Apostle Paul said when he wrote his second letter to the Corinth church in chapter 5. He says this, So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know Him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. You can have new life in Jesus today, regardless of how your story reads up until today, regardless of how broken and how messy your life could potentially be. And I can tell you that from conviction because I've lived it. That You can have new life in Jesus today. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Thank you, Jesus. And he gave us this wonderful message, us. This wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. Don't miss this next line. And God is making his appeal through us. I know I don't have a lot of relational equity with you guys, but if I can challenge you, when I'm talking to my church family at home, uh, Trace, I say, can I get in your face a little bit? Next time, before you get in another political rant, before you post something on social media that doesn't align with the heart of your Heavenly Father, the next time that you want to get in an argument about masks, Can I remind you that God is trying to make his appeal for Jesus through you? And if we're not careful, we actually can become an obstacle to that very gospel. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Now, it's possible there's someone watching or listening right now, watching online, And you're thinking to yourself, Aaron, that may sound good for everybody else. Aaron, I love the idea, I mean, this notion that God would make his appeal through me for Jesus. I mean, it sounds good, but Aaron, one thing you don't know is where I've been and what I've done. And if that's you, potentially, this morning, if you're watching online, if that's you, potentially, this morning, the first thing that I would tell you is I get it. I get it. Because I've been there. I know what it looks like and what it feels like to disqualify yourself because, of the baggage that you're bringing with you. I get it. But maybe, if I could remind you of something this morning, maybe teach you something this morning, it's that Jesus is in the business of transforming lives. And he does some of his best work with broken people. And you know what that means? means that no matter how your story reads up until today, no matter how many mistakes you've made or how messy your life has been, through the grace of Jesus, there's an unending supply of help, hope, and healing. Because Jesus, listen to me, Jesus will always be a better Savior than you are a sinner. Yes, your sin and my sin, it may have changed our story, but it won't stop our story. Can I get an amen this morning? When Jesus walked out of that tomb 2,000 years ago, He made a path for you to walk in new life but you have to lean in his direction. You can't sit idle on this one. Listen, God has already given you his very best. He's made his move. He gave you Jesus who took your place on that cross and received the death that you and I deserved. Now it's time for us to make our move. Hold that thought for a second. Uh, some people have asked me, Aaron, where do you, where'd you guys get the name Trace Church? That sounds kind of weird. Where, where'd you guys get the name Trace Church? And it's simple we took the word truth and we took the word grace and we put it together. It's where we get tr- trace. And some have asked, well, why not grace and truth? Well, growth just doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? And so… <laughs> and those two subjects are incredibly important for us. We actually would say the, they are the two primary lenses in which we look at everything we do as a church. When we read the gospel of John chapter 1, it says Jesus came full of both grace and truth. Now, that where we have to sometimes catch ourselves is sometimes we say, yeah, Jesus wants us to be balanced in grace and truth. And I would say that's incorrect because you can be balanced and actually represent low amounts of each, correct? So Jesus wants us to pursue pursue the fullness of truth and grace. And we would actually teach that you actually don't have the fullness of the gospel until you're representing the fullness of truth and grace. And one of the ways that we've learned how to describe that that I think will be beneficial to our conversation this morning is this. Grace was God leaning in your direction, but truth should be you leaning in His. And listen to me. I know many of you, most of you don't know me, but if God can use me with all my hurts and habits and hangups, He can most certainly use you. He isn't looking for spiritual superstars. He's just looking for somebody. Someone who will say, God, here I am. I'm broken. I've been accused and abused and used and flawed. I come with a lot of baggage, but I'm available. I'll be interruptible for you and your Holy Spirit. God, here I am. Send me. Reminds me of something that I believe is profound that the Apostle Paul wrote When he was writing to the church in Rome in chapter 10, he said this, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone, somebody, not a spiritual superstar, not a pastor, not a preacher, not a priest, somebody (laughs) that just says, here I am, God, I'm available, use me. And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. And if I could add a little bit to that, I would say, and how beautiful are the hands of those who resource and equip those messengers. People like you, HC family. People like you. Four years ago, through this offering and your generosity, you helped to resource and ultimately plant Trace Church in Colorado Springs. And some of you have actually come up and spent a weekend with us. And every time that happens, man, we are blessed and we brag on that. And we just absolutely love when somebody from the Hills Church comes up to Colorado and spends a weekend with us. But some of you, many of you, may not ever get the chance to worship with us up at Trace. And if that's you, I'd love to give you a glimpse into the type of church that you helped to plant. From the very beginning... Of planting Trace Church, we were determined that we were going to embrace this idea, this notion of being a messy church. Because messy church, that's what you get when people stop pretending. Listen to me, and it's the only way that Jesus knew how to do church. And so if you were to ever come and spend a weekend with us, you would hear us say things like, this is a place you can stop pretending and come out of hiding you can't hide. Listen, this is for somebody this morning. You can't hide and heal at the same time. So many of us are pretending our way through life, but listen to me. God doesn't bless who you pretend to be. He blesses who he created you to be, which is why you need to stop comparing yourself to someone else. Comparison is the quickest way to kill what God wants to do in your life. Another thing that you would hear us say, that we repeat often, is that most of us are like the rest of us. And it sounds like a simple enough statement, but do you know why this is so important and what we would call now at Trace a cultural distinctive? It's because this combats the lie that the enemy has taken some ground on in your mind because our minds are a battlefield and the enemy has convinced some of us that the sin and the struggle that you struggle with that you have right now, that's unique to you. That's isolated to you. So you better never bring that and put it on the table. You better never reveal that because if you do, then you're gonna feel even more disqualified than you were before because now people are really gonna know who you are? Can anyone hear the enemy's voice whispering that to them this morning? Most of us are like the rest of us. No matter how your story reads up until today, I promise you God still has a purpose for you. And I personally believe that if we will stop pretending, if we'll stop pretending that we're okay when we're not okay, because that's a path towards despair if we'll stop pretending that we don't have doubts, when we have real doubts that we need to put on the table and wrestle through, if we'll stop pretending that Tom Brady is actually going to turn around the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's never going to happen. I think I got more amens on that one than anything else I've said today. (laughs) HC family, when we stop pretending, listen to me, this is huge when we stop pretending, only then can we invite God's power to be made perfect in our weakness. I think I need to say it again. It's only when we stop pretending that we can invite God's power to be made perfect in our weakness. And one of the things that God keeps teaching us at Trace is that too often, too often in the church, we have focused on our shared beliefs when it's actually our shared brokenness that brings us together. Are our beliefs incredibly important? You better believe it. But it is our shared brokenness that seems to bring us together. And so, over the last four years at Trace, with your help, we have built what I believe to be a beautiful culture at Trace Church. It's a place full of messy, broken people like me whose stories are being fully redeemed for the glory of God. It's a place where people are finding hope when life hurts. And if I can just brag for a few moments on some of the things that Jesus has done over the last four years, here's a couple that I would share with you. In just two years of doing ministry, we had grown to over 700 people. We were one of the fastest growing. Sure, give, give it up. We were one of the fastest growing church plants in Colorado, but we determined as a church that it wasn't ever going to be about size for us and how big we could grow. We determined that from the very beginning, we were going to be a church planting church because when we grow up, we want to be like the Hills Church. And so we took about 200 of those people and we planted a, ch- planted a new church called Timber Creek on the north end of our town, the fastest growing area of our city. And before COVID, they were already over 200 people, about 250 people. But maybe the thing that we like to celebrate the most are the lives that are being transformed for God. And so, I'm absolutely thrilled to tell you that in four years of ministry, we've baptized 160 people in the city of Colorado Springs. We believe that every life changed for Jesus is worth celebrating, amen? Every life, every single one of them. I want to close by sharing a story with you. Um, few years back, a couple years back, my family and I, we were up in Denver, and we were going to go to the Denver Zoo, and we decided to stop by Chick-fil-A for lunch and eat some of the Lord's chicken. And so, we got there, and it was a beautiful day outside, it was during the summer, and so we got our food, and we went outside, they had a patio area, and we're eating our, our food, and another family comes up and sits down beside us. And while we're all eating, there was a homeless man, I saw him coming from a distance, and he came, and he came to the gentleman that's sitting beside us. And he comes up to the gentleman and says, Hey, do you have any money? And immediately, listen, I can't stress this enough. Immediately, the guy gets up and he says, Hey, man, I don't have any money, but I'd love to buy you a sandwich. Can I buy you a sandwich? And he said, Sure. And I have to tell you that that made such a huge impact on my life. It's as if this man was waiting for that moment his entire life. You know why? Because he was ready to be interrupted, he was available. And it made such an impact on me that I was thinking to myself, Aaron, you need to be more like that. You need to be that interruptible and that available. And lucky for me, it wasn't too much after that that another homeless gentleman came up and he came to me and he said, hey man, do you have any money? And I said, no, I I don't, but that guy right there will buy you a sandwich. (laughs) Okay, the first part of the story was true. That part wasn't true. The first part of the story was true. And I tell you that story to ask you this question. When God presents an opportunity for you to be the somebody that someone else needs, are you available? You see, God already leaned in your direction, church. He leaned in your direction and he gave you his very best. He gave you Jesus. And no, long, no matter how long you've been following Jesus, can I ask you the question this morning, are you leaning in his? Is there something that God wants you to do this weekend specifically when it comes to this harvest offering? Every dollar that you give makes a difference. You have blessed us at Trace Church more than you could possibly imagine. Your investment is changing lives. There are people that you're going to get to meet in heaven one day because of your investment in people, messy, broken people like me. Do you know that it's said that over the course of this COVID season that 20% of all churches in America are gonna close? planting churches is not just a cool thing to do for the church in America anymore. It's going to be out of necessity. That if we want to see, if we want to see the needle move forward, if we want to continue to see God's gospel advance, we're going to have to make investments. Maybe God is leading you this morning to make an investment that's uncomfortable. Maybe God's leading you this morning to write a check that you're going to have to trust Him on because the number is so big. I believe that's when we see moments of faith in our life grow. And I'm here to tell you and to show you that your investment in messy, broken people like me is moving the gospel forward. Because the gospel, it's for people like you and me people with hurts and habits and hang-ups, those who have been bruised and accused and abused. The gospel's for the pastor as much as as it is for the pimp. It's for those who suffer and those who limp. It's for the rich and the poor and the person right now that's saying, I can't take anymore. The gospel's for the arrogant and the humble and those who can't speak but just mumble. It's for the athlete and the monk and those who feel their marriage is all but sunk. The gospel is for all the prayers that go unspoken and the teenager pretending right now because underneath you know you're broken. It's for those who wear rags and those well-dressed and regardless of what judgmental Christians say, the gospel's for Kanye West. It's for every tribe, every tongue, every clan, and believe it or not, even an Eagles fan. The gospel's for everyone stuck in a sin, for those that don't fit in because if we'll just pivot Jesus will win, because there's a gap in our lives, both yours and mine, but the gospel of Jesus, He'll fill it every time. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this morning, the opportunity to share God thank You for what You've done in and through this church that I have personally gotten to be blessed by. Father I pray that you remind everyone in this room that if you could use a part of my story that every dollar they give to this makes a difference that there's a church in Colorado Springs that's helping to reach messy broken people and allowing their stories to be redeemed all for the glory of God because of their investment. So God we invite you to show us how can we continue to invest in messy broken people like me? How can we continue to invest in your kingdom? in a way that will continue to elevate the name of Jesus. We pray this in his name.
0: Amen. Aaron, one more time, please. Thank you, brother. It's obvious that God's anointing is on Aaron and on that church, but you know, I could have brought a a dozen other church planters that we're supporting, and they could have brought the same passion and the same word. Or I could have brought any of our 28 missionaries. And by the way, at seven o'clock this morning, Well, we were on Zoom with missionaries all around the world from five different continents. Our missionaries were praying for us today. Because I want you to know that every year it matters. But can you imagine being a church planner of a one or two-year-old church or a brand-new missionary in this year? They need to know more than ever that we've got their back, that we are on their team, that we're not going to let them down. This year, more than ever, I challenge you to be generous in your harvest offering. Now here's, because we're not all at our campuses like we usually are, most of you are watching online right now, and so instead of bringing in our special envelopes this year, here's what we're going to do. You can go to the Hills website, thehills.org slash harvest, or go to the church app, and from there, you're going to go to a giving portal, and it's very important there that you make sure that you are putting uh, the money in the harvest slot. So designate harvest, and you can make a one-time gift. You can make a a pledge, a a recurring gift. And I'm going to challenge you to do more than you thought you were going to do after you've heard what you've heard today. It's a huge goal, $2.5 million. But we serve a huge God, and we've got a huge mission. We're going to take Jesus and make disciples of every nation. And so Hills Church, this is our moment to be available to what God is doing. Now, Could I ask you on every campus to stand up? North Richard Hills, all of you watching right now at South Lake and all of you at West Fort Worth, you might even want to stand up at home. We're going to have a season of worship where we just uh, give ourselves to God. And I just want to say real clearly, especially if you're watching online, one of the hardest things about this season has been the distance we have felt from people who are looking for God. I want you to go to that chat room right now and say, I want someone to pray with me. I I need someone to talk to me. I I need someone to help me find this life that Aaron was talking about. The line he said, I will never forget. (laughs) Jesus is a better Savior than you are a sinner. And so I just want you to reach out right now. Go to that chat room and say, someone call me. Someone reach out to me. Someone pray with me right now. If you're on one of our campuses, we have opportunities right now for you to come and be prayed for, to talk about Jesus, even to be baptized this very day. Because the gospel is good news and the gospel is for everyone. Please come while we worship together.